Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Today's episode is Gargoyles, the movie Heroes Awaken. And with me is Bree. Hey, Bree. Hi. We got Robert. Hey, everybody. And Alice. Hi. So I need to know, were you guys Gargoyles fans like I was as a child? 100%. Oh, yeah. Robert, I, I think you were not, right? I was not, and it's not because like, I... It's not that something I actively disliked as a kid. I was watching a lot of other things at this point. And I, I ironically, I read on, I think, the wiki, just like, doing research on the show, that this, like, Power Rangers kind of usurped Gargoyle's popularity at the time. That's what I was watching around this time. That Darkwing Duck, Animaniacs. Like, I think, I, I, I think ironically, the fact that this show is so serious comparatively to a lot of the other Disney programs is probably why as a kid I was more inclined to watch other things. So I was aware of it and I think I even had a Goliath action figure somewhere. But I just not something McDonald's. Probably. But it's not (laughs) something I ever got big into. Well speaking of serious, this is the first drama Disney animated series. Once again, this is a movie that is taken from the pilot episodes. Bree and I have been seeing this a lot lately. Oh, yeah. It's it's rampant. I've been having Bree do this in every episode. Bree, can you give us a summary of what this movie is about? Uh, sure. Let's get serious. Gargoyles. Back in medieval Scotland, there is this one castle that is protected by gargoyles who come alive only at night. And a lot of people don't like them because they think of them as beasts and monsters. So they're scared of them, but they are protectors of the castle. And they don't seem to like want to actively harm people because they care about humans, except for this one woman who is Goliath's like lover. And she's all for killing people. She's like, mm, let's just kill him. And he's like, nah. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're like literally five minutes in. I know. This is great. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to speed it up. So then there's like action, 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 betrayal of this human. And a lot of the gargoyles die. And then the princess and the people of the castle get kidnapped by the other people who killed the Vikings, the Vikings, you know, the boom, 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 bad people. And then uh, the princess gets saved by Goliath. And she's like, Oh, you guys aren't bad after all, except in Scottish. And she's like, you're not bad after all. No, that's not Scottish. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't think she was doing Scottish either, though. Like she seemed to waver heavily, but she was Scottish really and- bad. French, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it was mm, iffy. And and then this one guy, the the Madge, he's like sorcerer back in the medieval days. Um, He put a spell or a curse on the gargoyles to sleep for a thousand years. And the princess is like, you mean put them asleep forever type of thing? And then Goliath is like, (laughs) oh, um, you know, take care of like the, the rooks. Did he call them rooks? Eggs in the rookery. Yeah, eggs in the rookery. That's it. Take care of the eggs of the rookery. And then she's like, we'll treat them like they're our own. And he's like, put me asleep. And so long story short, Goliath they end is up. suicidal. Yeah, very much so. So long story short, they sleep for a thousand years. Castle gets built by an evil billionaire. And how do I know he's evil? Because all billionaires tend to be evil. And... <laughs> um. <laughs> So they wake up in New York and, oh, they they don't know anything about New York. And it's a thousand years later and there's no medieval. They don't understand anything. And there's this uh, detective Meza and she and Goliath. Maza. Maza. Maza? Elisa Maza. 
uh, Maza, thank you. So Detective Maza, and and they go on a little adventure, and and you know, lo and behold, um, now Goliath and the rest of what's left of the gargoyles are now going to be protectors of Gotham. I mean, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Nice. Very good. She did it. She only needed a little bit of help. Oh God, where did it begin? This a lot happened. It was really because heavy, very dense, very heavy, and I was surprised at how well it held up. Like, I remember loving this show as a kid, mm-hmm. and my mom came in while I was watching it, and she was like, wait a minute, is this Gargoyles? You loved this as a kid. I was like, I know, and I love it now still. I really, like, it. the drama, I mean, yeah, it was a little predictable. Like, of course he's an evil billionaire. Like, he's got a well, super tall skyscraper in the middle of New Lex York. Lex Luthor vibes to the like, max. Yeah, super, super evil. But like it was predictable in a fun way where I, mm-hmm. I was I was digging it. I, I felt like it totally held up. It it definitely does hold up. I, I like told Candace, I was like, I can't believe how much I forgot I loved gargoyles. And it, the lessons are still lessons that apparently people still need to learn today. And it's really you know, just like the whole like people don't people hate what they don't understand is what Goliath um, roughly says. And, you know, that still holds up today. Yeah, this show taught me about racism and prejudice. And Lisa Maza was, like, really big tip for me growing up, like, biracial. Because she was, like, one of the first fictional characters I saw that was mixed. Yep. And mm-hmm. just, again, I always harp on this, but it's, like, representation matters. It really does. I mean, like Candace knows, it's like we barely knew anyone who was mixed like we were. Yeah. And this is actually, I believe this is my first fandom, really, that I got into where I was like, yes, I am obsessed. It's really interesting with her. She was actually supposed to be Detective Chavez, I believe, so Hispanic. But when the voice actress was cast, they were like, oh, let's make her African-American. And um, Sally Richardson. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the voice actors because... There's some big names here. Keith David Keith plays Goliath. David. Oh, he's my like 25 percent of why this works, right? At least. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Goliath, the character, and Keith David's like voice with all of the gravitas that he brings is so excellent. Like he he is so intimidating, even just the sound of his voice, and yet like warm and mm-hmm. and and comforting. At the same time, you believe Goliath as a protector of, as you said, Gotham. (laughs) I mean, he's he's Batman, right? Like, that's... He basically is. I mean, he's the literal version of... (laughs) And it's so good. It's really excellent. His wings are basically like a cape. They fold themselves in. Very oh, Batman-esque. Yes. I in love a very it. Batman-esque and and how and I the was so two cool. hooks just hook together to make like a mm-hmm. little, little clasp for the cloak? I'm like, this is genius. Yeah. It's, it's costume like, dead right in animation. I was getting a big, uh, you know, we made, made a couple Batman references here. I was getting big Ninja Turtles energy from this as well. Oh, yeah. A uh, group of beasts hidden in the shadows. They have a female human who's the only person that they trust so i was getting sort of an april o'neill and the ninja turtles vibe from some of this which is which was one of my first fandoms absolutely same i had forgotten her name uh and she didn't give it for like a for a minute um and and, but my brain was filling in april o'neill and i was like that's Mm -hmm. not it alice stop (laughs) it this isn't april o'neill it's somebody else and then she gave her name and i was like oh duh (laughs) 
But oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, this bad. Ninja Turtles was huge for me. I definitely dressed up like a Ninja Turtle Halloween. So this show was originally pitched as a comedy series, which I think would have been more like TMNT. Yep. Mm, yep. And I guess they scrapped that in favor for a darker, more serious tone. And yeah, I was surprised watching this more or less now for the first time. I mean, like I said, I think I may have seen it a little bit as a kid, but but didn't really re- retain a lot of it. I was surprised how little of, you know, the shenanigans that the gargoyles went on is actually, you know, how little that, that focus that takes on the show, you know, because we do still have, you know, the, the one that likes to eat and like the brainy one and the one that's a doll, <laughs> like we still have like, Uh-oh. and I don't know, I, I'm sure this is just the pilot, like, you know, the first yes. few episodes, I'm sure they get more developed as it goes on. But yeah. I, I tripped trying to decide whether Goliath was, just really well characterized or whether they did it just like a crappy job with the other gargoyles because I didn't feel nearly as connected to any of the other characters. Well, the other gargoyles at first didn't even have names. So I feel like for them, they go on a complete character development journey throughout the show, Um, you know, and discovering who each of them are, different personalities. Like Broadway and Lexington, the one who likes to eat and like kind of like the youthful one are definitely the more ones who get into trouble, get into a little more zany antics, you know. Um, but, you know, they really do grow into their own, I love which is nice to see. I was yeah. going to say, I was going to ask you guys uh, if you guys had a favorite one, because uh, I'm pretty sure Lexington's my favorite. Oh I mean, my other gosh, than Lexington think, was definitely one of my favorites. I loved Lexington. Obviously, Goliath's like the best, but uh, mm-hmm. I I even just watching it and hearing him, hearing his voice again, I was like, Lexington yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah, Lexington. I, well, he was also the more youthful one. So I feel like when I was younger, I connected with him a little more like he was discovering things left and right, just like, you know. I was. So I feel like he was definitely like my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd Rob- agree with that. Robert, you're definitely right. Like about the trio, which is Brooklyn, Lexington and Broadway. They get better. They actually, the next three episodes are each focused on them and okay. they learn a lesson about the human world. Like Broadway plays with Elisa, plays with Elisa's gun and shoots her by accident. Oh my god. It gets dark. I don't remember that. That's you don't really intense. <laughs> yeah. She nearly dies. They she learns about gun show. safety after that. But yeah, so there's a bunch of different things that happen with that darkness and stuff like that. Like the gargoyles at the beginning, like Brie was giving us that summary. They literally get betrayed by the people who they sworn to protect. Then they're a little wary of Xanatos, but of course he betrays them. And then surprise, surprise, Goliath's love is actually alive. The and one, what does the she one, do? She, the one female she, gargoyle. Yeah, the one. <laughs> the one female gargoyle. For now. For now. For now, of course she's she's bloodthirsty and crazy, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but I do love Demona. She's so crazy, it's fun. I mean, once you get her backstory and you realize she's been alive for a thousand years, you kind of be like, I get why you cry cry. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, she's seen everything. Yeah, she's literally seen everything. And she's also cursed. It's intense. It's... And that's the great thing about the show and the pilot. You're just like, why does she hate humans so much? I don't get it. And then we get like a five-parter. I think it's called City of Stone. And we get her whole backstory. And it makes you have sympathy for her. 
And I actually met Martina, who voices her at one of the conventions. And I just mentioned like how much the show meant to me and how seeing not everything was black and white. That's what it taught me as a kid. That's a, the beauty of this. I think it really it teaches you to not be overly cautious of who to trust, but to know like not all the people who say they're going to help you will. Oh, we were talking about Lexington before, and the creator, Greg Wiseman, actually admitted that he wanted to make Lexington gay, but Disney, obviously, especially in the 90s, wouldn't have allowed that. I would have. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been been great. Loved Lexington. Yeah. Um, there was so much about about this that I that I really loved, and I loved revisiting like the. It, it was nice to start something from the beginning and get, like the like the earliest part of the episode did like a flashback. You know, you get Elisa at the mm-hmm. at the base of the tower watching the damage, and then you flash all the way back, and and I, I thought that was so clever and such like a good structure for a, for a pilot. To get us, like, to, to pull you into the story. And there, there was there was so many little things like that that I just, I, that I thought were so clever. Um, but did you guys notice, like, at, at what point did you guys notice that they were doing screen wipes that were, like, claws slashing through the, uh, through the screen? Did you guys? <laughs> um, oh, I remember that from the yeah. TV series. I remember from the reason. TV show. I don't re- I was watching it. We watched five whole episodes of it, which are you know, as the movie is the first five episodes of the show, um, watching mm-hmm. like two or three whole parts. And then all of a sudden they started doing the screen wipe or did I just miss it the few times? And then I just watched part five no. and I didn't see it at any point in, in part five. It was, it was like, like one episode had that, that, I guess that I just screen wipe. It, around. it was so strange, but it was cool. I was like, I wanted more of that. It reminded me so much of, of like it was being a kid and watching, a watching a show where they didn't necessarily sh- always show it all in order. You know, you get a previously on gargoyles at the beginning of every episode. You get a next time on gargoyles. You know, it it just the the structure of it was so structured and so neatly written that it felt like a. Like you were getting, I felt like I got like a nice package, even though it was five whole episodes. I felt like I got a really good arc and a package and a, and like a, a feel for the rest of the show that just, it felt, it felt like good to rewatch. Um, yeah. And that's the amazing thing about the show is that it's serial. You have to watch every episode in order yeah. to kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. And I was I like, think- I can't, I have to go home in the afternoons and watch Gargoyles. <laughs> They're in the middle of a world tour. I need to know where they go next. <laughs> I also- it's really the beautiful storytelling yeah. uh, technique. Uh, Robert, since you weren't like a huge fan of it back in the day, like after mm-hmm. watching this, like, are you curious about watching the rest of the series? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm curious whether or not I'll have the time to do it and everything. <laughs> it's a different if it's a different thing, but I'm glad I finally at least got a baseline of this. And I know, you know, I know that there's been talk of them doing a, a movie adaptation at some point, uh, which I think in 2018 I saw Jordan Peele. Oh my gosh, interested Jordan in, Peele is in being part of that. Amazing. And you know, just as you as you were saying, I think Alice. 
uh, just like the the way it's structured and the, with the previously and the the theme song, which is amazing. And how mm-hmm. dare Disney Plus keep asking me if I want to skip the intro? Because um, <laughs> I, I was really getting into it. I, it it's um, it it gave me those nostalgic feelings of just you know sitting down and watching shows like this as a kid, having the the theme song that like recaps the whole story and and uh, the sound design of like. In, in the theme song, every time I was like, oh, this is the part where he's going to climb up the wall. And it's like the, it was really powerful. It's, it's such, so, such, uh, so technically proficient behind the scenes, just the way that they, they craft all of that stuff. Oh, my God. I'm so glad it holds up. And I'm so glad also that it's not just us with our nostalgia glasses on. And being like, this is the best show ever. I'm, I'm glad that you can also say as someone who doesn't have that connection, right. have that opinion. We're not crazy people. Well, we were saying how it's Batman-esque, Ninja Turtles-esque. These are all things that I like loved as a child and still do now. So it's, it's, it's completely in my wheelhouse, which is why it's, it's insane to me that this sort of flew past my radar, I guess, in the, at the time. I think it's probably because it's Disney. You just don't expect something like this to come from them. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. As I was talking, like, this was, like, my first fandom. Something very interesting is this creator, before Twitter, before social media... He would go on one of the Gargoyle fan websites and he would answer fan questions. And this literally like has a community. Like this was the first show that Disney ever put on DVD in a season collection. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. So one of the things like I asked Greg Wiseman, it was really cool to tell him like, one, I made a librarian cry because at like age seven, I asked where the Shakespeare section was. Because I wanted to read Midsummer's Night's Dream. We asked him, like, why does Hudson have an accent? He's the only gargoyle who has a Scottish accent. And the reason is because he grew up talking to humans. That's sweet. Nowadays, we're used Mm. to, like, connecting with creators through Twitter or Facebook or Mm -hmm. Instagram. But this guy was doing it from the start, and that's amazing. Well, this apparently had, this show had a convention. The, yeah, the gathering. gathering of the gargoyles. And <gasps> I, I completely didn't that? even know that existed. That is so cool. It, I admittedly, in the early 2000s, tried to go once, but my parents would not drive me. Where was Probably it? Probably because it was out of state. And they're like, Candace, you're oh. not going to go to an internet thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they did one now, I absolutely would go. 100% yeah. would go. That sounds so fun. We could all go as a group. <laughs> No, I definitely submitted, like, fan fiction to the gathering, like, they would do fan fiction writings. I admit to it. I wrote Gargoyle fan fiction. That is so cool. I think if I had a chance to ask the creator anything, I would ask why we had, like, VHS tapes and floppy disks, but also, like, lasers and cool airships, like, in the same universe. (laughs) And not because I have a problem with with those things existing in the same world. I just want to know, like, what cool alternate universe this is that... Can, that has those technologies all existing in the same place because it's it's neat it it grounded it in reality because we all use VHS tapes and floppy disks at the time but also had like kind of cool futuristic sci-fi you know like the guys in their shiny armor and their laser gun that he pulls out of a secret panel in the wall and and that airship yeah. that they crash into the river it's all so neat I loved it yeah little yeah. robots yeah. <laughs> Literal robots flying around. Or when, they, when they're doing construction on the castle, when they're picking the castle up to move it on top of the tower, there was a guy walking around in, like, a mech suit that, that helped like him aliens. pick up... Uh, yeah, that helped him pick up big blocks of, of uh, stone. 
And I was like, this is so neat. This is the coolest thing. What a fun, like, journey. I wonder if it wanted to be kind of, like, grounded in reality, but enough disbelief that it does make it fantastical. Yeah, it made it cool. Because it grounded in reality further, too. Like, I got a lot of, of, like, um... 90s New York City crime drama where like like the New York City in the 90s was like a really rough place and she makes a comment about being the only couple in New York being able to not worry about muggers in Central Park and how dangerous you know things were back then um and like and but that was like a like a thing that people just knew about New York in the 90s they were like oh New York it's super dangerous you know and so you're grounding it in this reality of you know, or of this perception of reality. I didn't live in New York in the 90s. I don't know how dangerous it actually was. But that's what I knew, you know, as a kid, even I was like, oh, yeah, New York, Central Park at nighttime, that place is so dangerous, you know, it, and, but then you also get, you know, magic and actual sorcerers and, and stuff like that. And it, it made it, it, it made it um, very, like, stimulating. You don't know what to expect is coming next. Well, it's funny, the whole arc here centers on the floppy disks and then mecha gargoyles <laughs> for some reason. Did we ever learn, maybe I missed it, what was his plan in awakening the gargoyles that that he needed them for the mecha gargoyles? Did I miss the plot? Did I miss a, a development there or is it just, you know, something we're supposed to go with? back up because um, he wanted yeah, them to be obedient to him to do his okay. bidding. Um, and Goliath. I was like, if you have these, why did you need to wake them up in the first place? If you have robots that are completely obedient, Robert, he's a crazy billionaire. <laughs> All right, well, I yeah, guess he just wanted the real cool things. That. But I was just wondering, I was like, did I miss something here? I think it's a, a power of having control over others. So if he had control over the monsters, like it just gave him more of like an ego boost. Right, Bree, you call them monsters? How dare you? How no, no, dare in you? his perspective. <laughs> I okay. Oh, that was safe. Well, he also had Demona on his side and thought that she would help, you know, kind of sway Goliath. And by the mm-hmm. way, I was comp- pretty shocked that for a '90s Disney cartoon, she just crashed that entire warship, and Goliath wasn't able to go back and save people. That they actually <gasps> yeah, all went no, down, no. burst into flames, and then my subtitles because I watch these things at night when my toddler is sleeping. Uh, the, the subtitle said agonizing cries or something like <laughs> oh that. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. I was really Demona's glad. Demona's going hard. I was really glad they showed the crew jumping out mm-hmm. and into the water because I did get yeah. really worried. I was like, this is so dark, Disney. That was probably the compromise. They were like, well, <laughs> yeah. we'll have them. Yeah, they, they survived. Kids Let's kids watch this. For yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, and Goliath and Demona kind of are like an angry divorce couple. Yeah, like, so. I mean, um, she's trying to murder him too, but. Well, I yeah, never, they kind of seem toxic from the get-go. Like, they just aren't oh. on the same wavelength, you know? Or was I the only well, one who thought that? Well, we find out more about why they aren't on the same wavelength at that point. This show was planned out. Which like, I love. It was planned. Robert, you don't understand, like, everything that comes out. Mm-hmm. Those eggs in the rookery, they come back. Oh. oh yeah, that's okay. like Chekhov's eggs in the rookery, though. Like nice. that you mentioned them so many times, and and they mention they like specifically say, you know, oh, make sure that they're good. And the princess is like, I'll look after them like they're my own or whatever. No, that yeah, she accent. says that. Do the accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we look after them like they're our own. I can't. <laughs> no, 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 you no, nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. It was better than she Thank did you. it. Um, Thank you. And uh, and and then. 
you know, when they wake up, they're like immediately, oh my God, where are the eggs? And they're like, oh no, they're gone. Oh, bummer. You know, of course they got to come back. Honestly, now as an adult, I was like, Goliath, you had children to look after. Mm -hmm. What the fudge, dude? Yeah, I don't. And why didn't he just just ask to freeze the eggs for a thousand years? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) put a spell on the eggs. That's a good point. That was a super good point. That's my first. Yeah, that was my first. I was like, "Why didn't he just put them under? He's gonna trust them to the princess who just liked him like two seconds ago." It's a lot. Here's I would a good just... question too: Is is this Disney's first Scottish princess, like decades before Merida? <laughs> you know what? Yes, because <laughs> I, I definitely so. I was practicing the one thing where she's like, "You kind of put them asleep for a thousand years." Like it definitely was Merida vibes. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard some Merida in there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the first episode shows a genocide of a whole species, practically. So I'm guessing just like Goliath's been through a lot. He just wants to go to sleep for a while. Um, okay, let's talk about this because I wrote it down. Not just because of that. So something else in this show. Robert, did you notice anything going on with Elisa and Goliath? Oh, the te- sexual tension between the two of them? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, that's- well, that was apparent still. <laughs> yeah, I just remember arguing with my little sister. She's like, those two are going to get married. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. She's human and he's gargoyle. And she's like, no, they're going to oh, get married. See? And then like, what? Candace, you're, you were falling the trap that two people can't be together. They were vibing each other, though, like, like oh, a yeah. lot. I wrote, I just wrote Hudson's look at them. (laughs) (laughs) Hudson knew. He's like, oh, this is either going to go well or not. In in Eliza's defense, he does sound like Keith David, so. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he's built. Come on. You're going to say no to that? Come on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, she said she only felt safe in in Central Park with him. So that means the other guy. She used the word couple in that scene, too. She said we're the only couple in Central Park. That's true. That it was an interesting wow. word choice. Mm-hmm. I a, didn't notice that from the start. It's a, a way kid, healthier interspecies romance than Beauty and the Beast, though, too. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of which, they do up. in Halloween as Beauty and the Beast. Oh, nice. <laughs> they do. Yes. Wait, I, I don't saw, remember that episode. There, there's a moment where Hudson's flipping through the TV where you do see the Lion King for half a second. Yeah. That I noticed, too. <laughs> oh, that's you nice. Gotta... What else do you guys have in your notes? I know Brie has notes. But I don't know if you guys watch Teen Titans at all. A bit. But I put Lexington reminded me of Beast Boy, which he is does. probably why I liked both <laughs> of those totally characters did. a lot. He does. That's funny. I do like, yeah, Beast Boy was my favorite from Teen Titans, too. I have yeah. a type. I have a cartoon type. Uh, I'm with you. I, the only <laughs> other note I wrote down was the line, pay a man enough and he'll walk barefoot into hell. Um, yeah, which shook me when he said it. Oh, as a child. Yeah, it's a good line. I was like, oh my God, I'm watching a grown-up TV show. It was really intense. But no, apparently, um, I remember this from one of the things Greg Wiseman said. I remember what this man said. <laughs> he said that he had to really fight for that line, too. Mm, that's awesome. It, I'm it glad he sits won. so good. You have to give Disney props for having the balls to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because this was unlike anything else in the Disney afternoon. Like, it was Darkwing Duck, DuckTales. What were those bears that jumped? Gummy bears? Gummy bears, yeah. Yeah. Bonkers. Tailspin? 
Tailspin, yeah. Oh, wow. Chippendale. Yeah, I mean, I love Darkwing Duck, but I think Gargoyles was still one of my favorites. I tried to watch a few episodes of Darkwing Duck. It doesn't hold up like I remember, but this <laughs> it totally does. No, I haven't I haven't tried because I was like, oh, no, I'm going to hurt on the insides. See, that's what I was like. I was like, oh, I'm going to get Disney Plus. I'm going to watch all the old shows that I used to love. And then I was like, oh, no, this was a mistake. I did watch a couple of episodes of Gummy Bears. Oh, no. Bad mistake. <laughs> Bray and I were actually talking. We're like, once we're done with this straight out of home video series, let's do just a Gargoyles rewatch. Because- yeah, because like after seeing those five episodes again, I'm like, I want to continue this again because I want to just relive every moment of it. There's just so many great arcs, and they bring up so much myth. Shakespearean plays like Macbeth, Othello. I knew about Othello at, like, age seven, (laughs) like, because of this show. One thing I do have to say that I loved about this show is um, Detective Maza, right? That's her. Yes. Okay, great. Detective Maza. I love that she was a detective. Like, she was a woman in, 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 like, authority. You know, like instead of just like April, I loved April Neal, don't get me wrong, but like she was a journalist, like this woman, like, I don't know, like I just thought there was like some weight to it. And like when mm-hmm. she was like, oh, let me investigate. And he like gave her like this little safe to her and she's like, nah, I'm going back. I'm going to She talked to herself a lot. <laughs> I just noticed that as a kid, <laughs> even as a she kid. Did. I'm like, yeah. But that's what TV characters do. I was okay, going to say, so, yeah, it's it's like the one of the, the hallmarks of early 90s animated like action drama things like this is that everybody has to make everything super obvious. And then the other thing that I noticed, too, is like the big, big, big overacting in the best way. But overacting where like Goliath's like, I've been denied everything, even oh, my yeah. revenge, yes. things like oh, that. Yes. And you're like, wow, <laughs> how, that's awesome. How often he gets to just scream the word yes. revenge and how every single time he wakes up he gets to roar a little while he stretches and it's very good <laughs> it's very very engaging yeah mm-hmm. oh okay so we will watch this on disney plus because the only version of this film the vhs is a vhs and i'm pretty sure it's somewhere in my parents house i have not searched for it yet but the Gargoyles, the movies, Heroes Awaken, came up with a VHS v- VCR game. Do you guys ever remember playing any of those? No. So it came like with a board game and then you would play the video and it was 20 minutes and it's like you have to get to Xanatos Tower before Xanatos like kills all the gargoyles. All right. I would And be every terrified. few minutes lightning would strike and it would be like Demona's like, I'm going to freeze the last player who went. Or it would be Elisa saying, I'm going to help this last player go five spaces. And then it would have a countdown clock if you. Okay, like, now I kind of want to play it, though. That sounds so fun. Right? It's awesome. The The footage is on YouTube if you want to see what it is. I'll have to see if I still have the board game. So, Bree and I are trying to, like, rank these. I'm just going to go say 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think, 100%. especially... Of all these movies that we're going to be watching, <laughs> this is definitely going to be a oh total boy. No, this one, I mean, it still holds up. I still really like this animation style. The I, problem I, just... I have with the series is the animation style isn't consistent. Oof. They obviously go to different animation houses throughout the series. So 
Oh, I it guess I don't remember that. I oh, have no. rewatched these all as an adult. I have, it on, have them all on DVD. <laughs> yeah, I thought the, the animation was consistent. It was it looked good. They took that there was like challenging moments and dark moments and and yet it was it was charming and funny at the same time. I think it's hard to get better for a as far as like direct to VHS uh, like releases go. I think it's uh, it, it's going to be kind of hard to top. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys should basically just call it now and say this is probably going to be the number one of your your whole rewatch series. No, Candace wants to video. torture me further. So <laughs> we got Kim Possible. I love That's Kim Possible. True. Eventually, <laughs> we got Lion King two. Lion King two Sim- Simba's Pride is uh, a total jam. I did just rewatch it. We have Beauty and the Beast: The Enchanted Christmas that I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> Um, and also, come on, an extremely goofy movie is on this list. Of, okay, I, yeah, yeah, I do yeah, like, no, like that. Come on, that, movie's, just, that movie's amazing. I think my fear is just Pocahontas to um, <laughs> Good Mutra, Hunchback 2. The Hunchback, hunchback and 2 and Pocahontas yeah. 2 and Mulan 2 are going to just drag two, the whole oh. list down on their own. Um, but I really Cinderella think that an extremely three. goofy movie is going to bring it right back up again. It was either Hunchback 2 or Pocahontas 2, because at a certain point I was watching all of these as they were coming out. Yeah. One of those two, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good. I think I'm going <laughs> to cut it off here. And I just stopped watching the ones that came after. I think it was probably Hunchback 2. I, I think my me I think as was a, Hunchback 2. I think for me it was Pocahontas 2 as a kid. I was like, oh, movies can be bad. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a bad movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. Like... We were a VHS collector family. We, ha- I mean, my mom still has so many Disney VHSs at yeah. home. My and mom so, does yeah, all, too. All of the um, the direct to VHS tapes ended up at our at our house, and yeah, I I think it was because as a little kid, I remember really liking Pocahontas too. Obviously, I have gone revisited it, and that's a hard no. <laughs> that's a hard pass. <laughs> Just hold um, but as a kid, I really liked it. I've always been like a romantic. So like a, a, a movie that featured a romance, I was always like, yes, I'm for it. You know, give her somebody to kiss. I love that. Uh, as <laughs> you know, even as a kid, I was I was a shipper. Hunchback of Notre Dame was my favorite Disney movie is still my favorite Disney movie. Um, and the sequel, even as a child, I found so disappointing that that was, I think, the moment that I grew up uh, to oh, watch no. the Hunchback wow. sequel. Oh, I, was your like, innocence. I was like, okay. oh, this is okay. They did a bad job. Movies can be bad. I hate this. I never want to watch it again. I've never watched it again ever since. Deleted from your headcanon. Deleted basically. it from um, my headcanon. Alice, I think you definitely need to be on that episode. I'm, honestly, I'll do it. For you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, Brie, we, we need to just, we're just putting Alice's name on stuff now. We're like, <laughs> you, you, she's going to be mean, on for this I told one. you I'll do all of them How with you. I'll do it? any of them with you. I had a question on Gargoyles for those of you, especially Candace, who have re- who've seen the whole thing. <laughs> What's the deal with the third season? In my research, apparently the Goliath oh. Chronicles was a huge drop off. Yeah. What happened? Let what did they change? Let me tell you. <laughs> So the first episode of season three is the only one that is considered canon by the creator, Greg. It's called Journey's End. I know this stuff, guys, from the top of my head. So what happens is, what happens with a bunch of series like Community and Gilmore Girls, etc., is they don't let the creator come back, so it ends up being crap. Okay. So those, like, episodes aren't gargoyles. They're called the Goliath Chronicles. And even as a child, I knew something was very wrong. Mm. Later on, I th- believe it's Dark Horse. 
allowed them to do a Gargoyle series, which takes place after the third season first episode Journey's End. And those comics are amazing. And there's even like a spinoff about some of the villains that we meet. That's right, because I remember the comic book that Goliath and Maza break up at one point. And then they get I mean, they would have to get together first, Bree. Geez, spoiler (laughs) alert. I mean, oh god, it's a Disney show. That's, I'm sure that's been, off screen. It's from the '90s. <laughs> it's very complicated. So did, did the Goliath Chronicles basically turn into what I was probably scared this would be, which was which is more TMNT inspired, kind of goofier and like lesser in tone. Yeah, Broadway becomes like a Hollywood star in oh one boy. of the episodes. Oh There's an episode where. Goliath has a dream he's a human but he remembers being a gargoyle and he's trying to be back and he has children with Elisa it's really weird oh that is weird so that's basically sounds like an opportunity for Disney plus to take those comic books and adapt those into a new series for oh. for the streaming service and pick up where this the first two seasons of this left off that and would I mean, be amazing yeah Keith David still has a voice yeah and Jordan Peele is uh, itching He's a Gark fan. <laughs> I would watch anything Jordan Peele made. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And I would watch it 5,000 times if uh-huh. you take Gargoyles. Shut up and take my money, Jordan Peele. Shut up and take all my money. We will fund you, Jordan Peele, because you know he listens. We can't fund that. That I don't have that money. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you start the Kickstarter for it or whatever, like That's the money true. will come. That's if you true. build it, they will come. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Robert, how can people find you and your podcast online? Uh, you can find the Crooked Table podcast at crookedtable.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcatchers. Alice, tell us about your podcasts. Uh, <laughs> you can find uh, Those Happy Places. My baby, my my precious sweet love, Those Happy Places, is at thosehappyplaces.com, on Twitter at happyplacespod. And you can find uh, Rogue Fun, a podcast story, uh, uh, on Twitter at Rogue Fun Pod, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alice White THP for those happy places. Go listen to those happy places. You can find us at thegeekywaffle.com and at geekywaffle on all social media. And um, please remember to go to our community page on Facebook called The Geeky Waffles, and we can talk more gargoyles there because definitely Candace is down, and I am as well. I have so much information in my head I did not realize was there about this show. I didn't know you wrote to the creator. I wrote to the creator. I wrote fan fiction. I want to read some of that. I need to find it. I need to find like If you find it, I'll do a live reading of it. (laughs) I would die to read it, please. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It was probably about Elisa Maza because that girl had my heart. I always need, I always find a hero in these shows. I was like, yeah. (laughs) anyway that's it for today we hope you have a happily ever after until the sequel